This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create positive change in the world every day by being a conscious consumer. I'm your host, Laura Alexandra Wittig, founder of Brightly.eco, and I started this podcast a few years ago because I wanted a place to talk about the gray areas around sustainability and how being a conscious consumer can be challenging and confusing but it's totally doable. So join me in the name of reducing waste and living positively in the name of the planet. scrolling through social media and stumbled upon a fast fashion haul because I feel like I've seen them before. Um, It's not any surprise that these things are exciting and popular, right? Fast fashion is cheap, easily accessible, and trendy, but there are so many better ways to shop for both your wallet and the planet that are not terrible, (laughs) I promise. This week, we're resharing a past episode that dives into how to break up with fast fashion for good and finally build a sustainable wardrobe that you love. Hey, Good Together listeners, I am super excited to welcome Garrick Heimbaugh, founder of EcoStylist, to the podcast today. We're going to talk about everything related to fast fashion, and if you're a previous Good Together listener, you might know that we've covered fashion's negative impacts on the environment before on this podcast, But Garrick's unique insights from founding his website are going to be a fabulous thing for us to get into today. So welcome, Garrick. Yeah. Hey, Laura. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So I wonder if you can get us started by introducing yourself and kind of letting us know what led to you starting EcoStylist. Yeah, for sure. So I'm I'm Garrick Heimbaugh. I'm the founder of EcoStylist, as you mentioned. And it's been interesting because when I look back on my journey, I think you know, the overarching theme for me of like, how did I get here is really, I think just an interest in in social impact, right? And for me, yeah. it goes back to, like, I listened to punk music in high school, and I, it took me a while to realize this correlation. But, you know, what attracted me to punk music was actually the messages in there that were like, like, a lot of it was radical messages, but for things like peace, you know, like yes. people, and, and so anti-war, and, and that's really what I believed at that age is I was like, I think we should do things differently. I don't believe in war. Uh, so I, actually went on to study peace studies. That was my major in college. And then, you know, went through like a series of steps to try to figure out my footing and, you know, did some jobs for a while that weren't really meaningful to me personally. And then kind of ended up here in the fashion industry, which not an industry I had prior experience in just because I was trying to build a fashion startup. And it basically like in the process of doing that, this was like four to five years ago, I, I met the founder of a ethical brand and, you know, immediately like it started connecting for me right like I was like I was like okay this is really cool that brands are doing this like they're committed to living wages and and so that led me down a path of research and I had to scrap my startup because before I was like helping people find clothes that were hard for them to find using resources like Amazon and stuff and and after learning uh, like you know about the industry I was like I don't want to drive sales to Amazon I don't want to drive sales to ASOS like that so yeah so I basically wanted to build a resource that would help people support 
you know, these these smaller to medium brands that are that are doing things ethically and sustainably and that were hard for people to find. Yeah, I mean, and to me that that's such an interesting way to get into it. I fellow punk music listener too in high school. So so right there with you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel like um I also, you know, my background was also in fast fashion. I was at Amazon Fashion for quite a few years and um, was really interested also in understanding like where are these clothes coming from and why are we so, I don't know, almost desensitized to understanding where they came from, right? Like we don't care. We just, people just want to deal. And so from my perspective, um, it does take something or it used to take something like a personal meeting with a brand founder or even maybe a viewing of a documentary to actually understand. What I think is exciting about the way the world is going now is you definitely do seem to hear more and more people um, shopping with their values, bringing this up in conversation. So I'm super excited about the industry. And so I'm curious to know, as you started to have these um, sort of aha moments with yourself, like, how did you start to define the term sustainable fashion? Like, wh- what does it mean to you? Yeah, I love that question because it's such an interesting term that, as right, as, as you know, like, isn't, uh, you know, well-defined in a universal way. And and so I think when we define sustainable fashion, it's really, I think it's really important to first start with the fact that we're not only talking about buying new, right? Like, yeah. sustainable fashion is is like a whole host of choices that we can make regarding our clothes that are more sustainable, right? Starting with, wearing what we have already, right? Maybe repairing or altering some of those things uh, so they fit us better, so we do wear them. And then includes, you know, and then when it comes to like adding things to our closet, it's, you know, it's then like, okay, are we going to support a sustainable brand and, and you know, buy a high quality piece, like invest in that? Uh, are we going to thrift? Are we going to swap? Um, so it's kind of this whole host of choices. But when it comes to defining a new brand, like what we're looking for when we say, you know, is this brand sustainable or ethical? Uh, we're looking for basically, a, you know, equal parts human and environment. So, you know, it's like, what is the brand is basically is the brand ensuring, you know, fair working conditions, fair wages for their workers, uh, as well as, you know, on the environmental side, doing things like using more sustainable fabrics, uh, incorporating circularity, you know, measuring and reducing like waste, water, CO2, et cetera. And so kind of, yeah, really just brands that are doing better for for people on the planet. Absolutely. Well, to me, that's that's a great definition. And I also feel like, you know, the the impact, like you're mentioning, of the environment and and really how fashion is is going about this is so interesting. And so for us too at Brightly and Good Together, we like to think about, you know, fast fashion as it applies to consumers today, right? And I like to think about it as a, a starting point with convenience, right? Like most people are very used to sort of walking down, um, you know, I guess in England, they'd call it high street. We don't really have that equivalent here in the States. I don't know, uh, walking into yeah. a mall as we used to and, and just going into a fast fashion store to, to, um, just meet a need as it were. Right. So maybe you're going on vacation. Um, uh, maybe the seasons have changed and you need a new coat and we're, we're just so conditioned and used to walking in there, finding something that fits and walking out. Um, but as we really think about the impact of fast fashion, um, you know, there's so many things to go into it that, you, that you've already mentioned, such as, um, you know, making sure that workers are being paid fair wages, um, you know, making sure that they are not working in unfair, or unsafe conditions, and, you know, also making sure that these clothing uh, pieces are manufactured using sustainable practices. And when we say sustainable practices, that can mean anything from, you know, high energy and water consumption high carbon emissions, pollution, um, et cetera. So I'm curious to know, like, 
what are your thoughts on maybe the the tail end of that, which is the the sustainable manufacturing piece? Because it sounds like you were exposed to that in your, your previous role. And, and how do you think about it right now as well? When it comes to sustainable manufacturing, I think it's a really interesting question. And I think maybe it's a good opportunity to bring up something you said before, which is that, you know, I'm sure you've talked about fast fashion before on your podcast and your listeners are probably well educated on the topic. But it's interesting because like, why now, though, we live in a really interesting time where on the one hand, sustainable fashion is growing. And I think awareness about the negative impacts of fast fashion is growing. So we have all these positives, but simultaneously, fast fashion is growing, right? And, yes. and and this is largely due to the advent of what people are calling now like ultra fast fashion, which is like Shein and like Romway and like these, these new brands that are, you know, emerging on the landscape. And so I think that I think that actually sets an important question for sustainable manufacturing, because when we talk about sustainable manufacturing, we're really digging into the, yeah, like, like, how does the production happen in more sustainable ways, right? Like, factories used to dump, I mean, a lot of them still are, but it, it, that's, it's been cleaning up a lot. But factories used to dump, you know, just tons of chemicals into the rivers and, you know, have like, yeah, have like very large environmental footprints, right? Like fashion industry is estimated, at, you know, 10% of greenhouse gases. And so there's all these environmental impacts. And if we're just looking at any brand, right, like compare brand to brand, you know, obviously reducing those things is like, we look for in sustainability. It's like, right, like, how do they reduce their CO2? Uh, you know, um, are they like recycling their water uh, and filtering it, you know, things like this, right? Like reducing all those inputs and impacts. But when it comes to, but when it comes to fast fashion, there's this interesting question there because it, we're not really comparing apples to apples, right? Like it's like, you can, you can, you can compare that from one brand to another and say, they're both doing those things and that's both great. Mm-hmm. But fast fashion has this like additional manufacturing, you know, impact that's huge. And that's the amount of clothes they're making, you know, yes. we're, we're up to like a hundred billion plus garments a year now, you know, being, being pumped out largely due to fast fashion. And, and, and that just that quantity is like super unsustainable. So even if we start to see, you know, brands like H&M do these initiatives where they're, you know, maybe cleaning up some of their manufacturing, uh, you know, they're still contributing to the problem. And that's something we've really been trying to draw attention to with manufacturing is like, there's all these things we can look at, but we also need to acknowledge like what's happening with fast fashion and its role, you know, in that space. Absolutely. And you're, you're, you're hitting on something that is so important to, for everybody to remember, which is that the impact of the physical waste, these, this textile waste that is winding up in landfills. Um, and, and actually uh, I saw a statistic here that said 85% of all textiles wind up in landfill landfills every year. So to put that into perspective, that's the equivalent of one garbage truck loaded with clothes being dumped in a landfill every second. And so that visual for me is super impactful. And, you know, the other thing that you mentioned, which I find super interesting is almost like the internet being a catalyst for, um, you know, the expansion of fast fashion. I just talked about like the old physical way of doing things, but you're right with inventions of these new fast fashion brands, influencer culture, all of these things, like the, the culture bit is very interesting too. So is that kind of what you were observing as well when you were creating your startup? Yeah, exactly. It's been super interesting to see how things, yet yeah, how things were and how they've changed. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I've been in the space for almost four years now um, with EcoStylist and it's, it's changed a lot since I started, honestly. And yeah, like with, with Shein and these new brands, they're also like you mentioned with influencers, they're really leveraging influencers to, to really, you know, that's a large part of their growth strategy. And that's really, you know, if not changed, I would say greatly enhanced over the last few years, like that's become, you know, a major role in the growth of these brands, I would say is, is leveraging influencers to help them, 
you know, grow on social media. And then, yeah. And so I think kind of like back to what you were saying with the convenience thing, it's like a lot of times what's happening is, yeah, people are just, you know, they want to look, they want to look good or trendy and stylish. And, and so they're just, there's all these solutions that are being put right in front of their face and, you know, paid ads are, are targeting them with these things and they're seeing them a lot. Um, so it's really easy to understand how somebody might make that decision to just buy that thing because, you know, they want to look stylish or cool or whatever. But, but then, yeah, but then if we become aware of like what's happening behind the scenes, uh, it's like a really different picture. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I find it so interesting that, you know, as we talk about the different pieces involved in the sustainable versus fast fashion equation, um, it's, you know, the, the social media trends, the, the impulse buying, like you're mentioning, like, you know, as we start to get into some solutions for people who perhaps are seeing this all the time, I mean, we're all targeted with these Instagram ads and these influencer campaigns constantly. So like when you're talking to the average consumer, do you have advice for them on how to maybe shop for these trends more sustainably? Yeah, it's a super interesting question because there are, you can, there, there are ways to do that, right? But but I think there is also a need to kind of look at trends and, and take a step back and, and, uh-huh. and kind of question the sustainability of, of trends in general, right? Um, because in a set, I mean, trends are essentially inherently unsustainable, it, it, right? In a sense, yes. in a way, but I mean, that doesn't mean we can't do them more sustainably, especially using things like thrifting and, and, and swapping and renting, right? Like ways to ways to like supplement our, our habits that are less wasteful. So yeah, I, I mean, I think there's definitely ways to do it in that sense uh, and DIY and, and, and things like this. But, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I do, we do kind of push a narrative a lot of, of also, of also at the same time, just thinking about trends a little bit and thinking about like, you know, do you really need that? Or is there another way you could do it? Because, because trends are part of, you know, they're part of the fast fashion narrative. Like that's what, if what makes you want to buy all the time is that, you know, is that FOMO and like you, you want to be trendy. Um, so we definitely do have to question that as well. Yes. And as somebody who has done um, a capsule wardrobe and tries to buy more classic pieces uh, like I do, I, you know, the more you do that type of behavior, I think the less susceptible you, at least in my experience, you seem to be to trends, right? Like you, you start to invest in higher quality pieces that are going to last you a little bit longer. Um, They're pieces that, you know, look really good on you. And then you realize, Hey, in order for me to participate in this trend, I actually don't even have a sustainable option because it's new. I can't find it at a thrift store. And the only place that's selling it is fast fashion, right? So there's kind of like this thought process that you can go through. Um, But I like the thought about, yeah, maybe just like choosing to opt out of trends, being like, you know, like I'm good with my current setup. (laughs) You know, I I don't need to participate, right? Yeah, like exactly. No, like I think the slowing down is so important. But, you know, at the same time, if, you know, part of the appeal of fashion is the creative expression, right? And that's what people and people want to express their individuality and and their personality through clothes. And so, you know, if that's, if simply slowing down or or, uh, ignoring trends is maybe not appealing to you because maybe, maybe you still want to be creative somehow, I would just encourage people to to maybe think about how else they can do it because creative limitation is, is really powerful oftentimes, right? Like, like actually limiting, like having limits and then working around that with your creativity, you can come up with really cool and often like better looks or better ideas that way. It actually can really be helpful. So, you know, I would say if that is something that's important to you, maybe just think about if there's a, a more sustainable way you could do it or a different way, or, you know, maybe you could thrift a piece and alter it or, you know, something like this. And, and yeah. And the one thing about trends too, that that's definitely untrue is they kind of teach us that what we have isn't good enough or doesn't look good, but, 
something else I think to explore is like a lot of classic pieces, a lot of timeless pieces, like you're saying capsule wardrobes, like a lot of that stuff actually, sometimes we just forget about it. Like trends kind of make us forget what we have or they make us forget those yes. things. So that's something else to explore is just like maybe, maybe spend some time like really thinking a little more critically or hardly about like, what do I have and what can I do with that? And you can often find like really fun. I mean, I've had this experience many times. I had, and I've also helped people do this through too with their closets where, you know, they didn't realize they could create like this really, really cool, like really great outfit with the pieces they already had um, just because they hadn't thought about putting them together, you know, in that, in a specific way. So that's something else that can be really fun. And, and I think a way to, to get away from trends. Absolutely. I love the the idea to have somebody come in with fresh eyes and help you, yes, yeah, style your outfits or put things together in different ways. Um, and then also, you know, maybe helping you find new products that are made from ethical and sustainable brands that are going to fit you well and maybe kind of adapt with you. Um, you know, so so really as people start to to think, okay, well, I've I've done my closet audit that that we just kind of talked about. I I've really thought carefully about what I want to buy, but I do need a few things. Like, what should people be looking for when they're when they're building their wardrobe um, in order to keep options that you know to choose options um, as a word that keep people in the planet in mind. Yeah, definitely. I mean. I think a lot of things go into that, but mostly just picking things that work for you. Right. Cause obviously like for most people, like, you know, working within their budget is, is important too. Right. So it's like they've identified, they need things that are new. And then I think the next thing to choose is what, what makes sense for you. You know, like, does it, um, you know, depending on where you're at at that moment, right. It's like, do you, do you want to try to like swap for this piece or thrift for it or, or buy new, um, you know, like what, what makes sense for you at that given time, um, obviously. And then, yeah. And then looking for good brands and, and, and not worrying about being perfect either. Right. It's like we, nobody needs a hundred percent sustainable closet. Right. I think, I think most of us have probably heard this a lot in different, different forms or another, but you know, just kind of like, kind of like how we don't need a hundred percent of people doing zero waste perfectly. Right. We need, we need everybody like trying to do it imperfectly. And it's the same with your closet. It's like, you know, like nobody's closet's perfect, you know, like, 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 yeah. even though I work with so many sustainable brands, my, you know, but that's for good reason. Like I have things that I, you know, I have a suit from like Marks and Spencer that I bought like seven years ago or something. And, you know, and I'm not going to throw it away. Right. Cause the best thing I can do is keep wearing it. Right. As long as exactly. it still fits me. Um, so yeah. So I would say take that pressure off and then, yeah. And then just source those things in the best way you can that makes sense for you. And, and if you're buying new, you know, use resources you trust and your know, ego styles is one, there's obviously others too, but so basically though, go to those resources and, you know, help help you find good brands that way and i definitely recommend that over doing your own research because you know i'm sure like as you know it's, it can be really complicated for a user and and really time intensive and this is something i spent a lot of time talking to people about on you know reddit and other other social forum environments um and yeah like doing the research yourself is just really time intensive so i would say like you know find sources you trust use those and and um yeah and help and help find new brands that way Absolutely. And so what are, what are some of your favorite brands out there? Like, what do you like to recommend to, um, you know, to your, your community? Yeah, we, we work with so many brands that I really love. I mean, that's, I mean, that's why we do what we do, right? It's like, we, we want to help people find brands that inspire us. And so, I mean, really, like, I think I've been really inspired with some of the things I'm seeing in, in the footwear space, for example, I'll just, I'll just mention a few brands, like, you know, a lot of the brands that we certify are, are doing made to order, which I think is so great from a waste perspective. It. Yes, yeah. Yes. Like maybe cool. you have to wait a little longer for your shoes, but you know, but they're custom made by people who are paid fairly. And, you know, so I'll just mention, so this one brand um, that we work with Beckett Simonone, 
They make um, major order shoes like ethically made in Colombia. They pay living wages and they, you know, they, they take you on that journey, you know? So maybe it might take like, you know, depending if it's there, if they're in a really busy time, it might take up to two months for you to get your shoes, but you'll get, you'll get like emails along the way of like what's happening and, you know, where they are in the process and who's the people who are making them. And so they really take you on that journey with them. And you see all the humans that, you know, behind the scenes that are, they go into making a pair of shoes. And so, um, I really like, and the shoes are really high quality. So I really like brands like that, where, um, you know, it's, yeah, you get like a really high quality shoe as well that will last you a long time and then they're made to be resold. So you don't have to throw them away when they start to get worn out. You can, you can have them repaired instead. Um, you know, thousand fell is another interesting brand. if we're talking about the shoe space, uh, with their circular model, right? So, yes. uh, if people aren't familiar, yeah, you, you buy a pair of shoes, you, you pay, it's like, let's say it's a hundred dollars for the sneakers and then you pay a $20 recycling credit. And then like when you're done, you, you know, you send the shoes back to be recycled and you get that credit back. Um, and that helps incentivize you to do the right thing and not throw them in the trash. Um, and so, yeah, I think like I'm really inspired by, by some of those things we're seeing. And then as far as like clothing brands go, you know, some brands like, like nudie jeans is a brand, um, that we certify that is very inspiring. I, I, I love all the things they do and how seriously they take sustainability. Like they just very, they're very thoughtful in all the aspects they've, they've worked to address. Um, you know, and their, their free repair model is very cool as well, where, you know, they'll repair your, your jeans for free for life in their stores. And, you know, and if you're not, you're one of their stores, they'll send you a free repair kit. And it's just, I just think, um, that's such a cool model. I mean, I visited their stores and, you know, they, they always have somebody in the store who's trained to sew and like does the repairs right there. Um, if you're doing it in person and, um, yeah. And obviously they've thought of so many aspects, like, like converting their tags to be like vegan friendly and, and using more sustainable materials like organic cotton, of course. And, you know, they've just, yeah, just very thoughtful. They also like resell repair jeans and, you know, uh, online and in their stores. Um, so yeah, brands like that, I think, and, and obviously they thought of the, the human side as well. Like they've sure. you know, series of certifications to ensure ethical labor. So just very, very thoughtful. Um, and yeah, I mean, honestly, there's so many, but those are some of the, you know, Outer Known is a brand that we love um, as well for clothing. And, and honestly, there's so many in our directory, but yeah, I just, I just get inspired by, by seeing brands that are doing it better. Yeah. I mean, I, I love those recommendations. Uh, I myself was familiar with most of them, but I, I'm sure some of our listeners won't be. Thousandfell is great. Um, we're, we, we know Patrick, he's super nice. And but from our perspective, I think there's just so many different ways that brands themselves can participate in the sustainability conversation and really like choose to manufacture better, to educate their consumer audiences about recycling. I think it's just so interesting to see all the innovation that is happening. And so on that note, you know, we are starting to see more and more bigger companies dip their toes into sustainability. You mentioned H&M, that's a good one. Um, but we're still really far from eliminating fast fashion and its impact completely. So what do you think needs to change in order for sustainable fashion to go mainstream when we think about it from the perspective of these big companies? Yeah, it's such an interesting conversation to be had. And it's definitely a very, this is what I would call definitely getting into the gray space because, you know, on the one hand, like even from, even from our, like from my perspective, I'm glad to see that brands are, are you know, even big brands are, are taking sustainability more seriously and starting to implement, you know, solutions and projects. And I think that's really great, but it's also really hard to navigate too, because we're also, you know, looking for the best brands, right? We're looking for the best yes. brands for people on the planet and we're trying to help people navigate this equation and, you know, and, and support the brands that are doing it right. And so, you know, from my perspective, like no 
big brand is doing that yet, right? Like they're all sort of taking steps and, and I don't want to like knock progress, but I just don't think any of it is enough right now, you know, personally. And, 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 and we also verify that with our criteria. And I think, you know, it's just, yeah, the, the, obviously small brands move faster, right? They're, they're more, they're more innovative. They can innovate faster. They can implement new projects and policies faster. A lot of them were born to be sustainable and ethical, right? Like it wasn't a, yep. an afterthought or like, let's change this later. It was like, this is what we're going to do. And so we started it. And um, so, yeah, so really, I mean, I'm really a big supporter of that. Um, but like I said, I, I also can see the other side where, you know, it's like, if you want to support companies that are starting to make changes, you know, and support those products, like, I think that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of our personal stance is to, is to kind of try to support the ones that are, that are really, really doing the work. Absolutely. Yeah. We talk about this gray area all the time in the podcast, which is we, we do love to see the bigger brands making positive changes. And I'm a big fan of scale and thinking about like utilizing existing infrastructure. And so, yes, when we see places like Target um, launching fair trade denim lines, that's really exciting. And, and I love that, you know, consumerism and conscious consumerism has really played a role in that. But you're right. I mean, it, it certainly, if you want to get into, um, really understanding what's going into a pair of jeans. It's certainly easier to support a brand that is upfront about this in a way that is, you know, so transparent and is really part of that brand DNA from day one. So I totally get it. I think we all kind of go back and forth. Obviously, none of us are perfect, but um, as we go out to buy new things, I think, you know, it's definitely worth considering for sure. Um, And so, I guess as as you have you know the the influence and um, the um, ability to connect people with sustainable clothing through eco stylist, like when somebody approaches you and they say, "Okay, I've become aware of my you know maybe I want to break up with fa- fast fashion. I, I become aware of of this problem." Like, you know, how how do you typically recommend that people get started? I mean, we've talked a little bit about some brands that you like and, you know, uh, the focus on avoiding um, trends, but is there anything else you ask people to do on, on day one? That's, yeah, I love that question. I think, I mean, honestly, I really just encourage people to start somewhere, Yeah. right? So kind of back to, yeah, back to like not having to feel like you need to hundred percent to switch your whole closet overnight or do a bunch of work. Like, I really just always encourage people to start somewhere, you know, yes. so maybe, and usually for most people, you know, we look for things as we need them coming up. Right. So, yes. and it, yeah, so maybe there's like a pair of shoes. You, maybe you need like, yeah, a pair of sneakers um, in the next you know few months because yours are wearing out or whatever it is. And, and so I just encourage people to try to find, try to find that thing, like try to find that next thing and try to source it more sustainably, whether, you know, yeah, like I said, whether you, you find a you know a brand in our directory and you you're like oh I, I love this brand their mission and I want to support what they're doing or you thrifted or you know whatever it is um but yeah I think I think just that really just yeah just starting somewhere and and doing it with your next step and I think that it makes a big difference like honestly just um yeah it makes a huge difference and sh- maybe sharing too right like I think that's something that's maybe undervalued a lot is just the power of sharing you know so yeah yeah, maybe if you saw like if you saw some some great content on, on Brightly and and you were like, oh, this really informed me, like maybe share that right on social media, um, because that's really, really helps. Like it really it really goes a long way to to share that information and help other people, you know, come into the space and get aware. And and there's often things too, like kind of as we were as we were talking about, like there's also there's obviously always things, too, that you can do that don't even involve purchases. Right. Like maybe yes. 
maybe there's a petition going on that um, supports fair wages for garment workers or something. So there's also like free ways like that that you can get involved to make a difference. But but sharing too, sharing like really really helps. I love this. And one thing I wanted to kind of um, highlight that you mentioned as well, which we didn't talk as much about, which is like impulse buying and and trying to to get away from that as well. So you you talked a little bit about people buying things as the need comes up. And of course, we we want you to do that and that's really the best way to do it, right? Is make sure you really have a need, but planning ahead too. Like I think we've all become addicted to this extremely fast shipping cycle um, from the big box stores and like needing something right now. Like, oh no, I'm going on a trip in three days. Let me go buy something that I know was made unethically and is going to get to me in two days. I've been guilty of that. We all have. So maybe just like, yeah, be more mindful, planning ahead um, and not causing ourselves to get into a bind that way, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I love that. That's so important. And you're right. And, and obviously, like, not to not to call out companies, but I think Amazon probably has played a big role in not helping with that, you know, with the whole, with this whole, like, you can get anything you want in two days kind of thing, sure, right? yeah. And it's really played, like, a big role there. And, and you're right. I think it's super important to slow down. And, and it's funny because, I know, I, it's the same. Like, I, we, we, I have those, we have those conversations a lot. And it's obviously interesting because, you know, it's not like the sexiest thing to be like, slow down, you know, don't, yeah. um, don't, but like at the same time, it's, it's essential. Like we're, we, we kind of have to, like where, where we're going with consumerism is just, um, yeah, it's just kind of getting, it's just on a, like on, on another level, right. It's at a scale that it, it's never been. And I think, so yeah, I, I do think that if we can slow down yeah, and like you said, resist impulse purchases that it's really important for our planet and, and for the future. Well, it's so personal for everybody too, right? Like we oftentimes get asked questions from our community. It's like, well, Brightly, you talk to me about buying mindfully and, you know, being more intentional with my purchases, but then you guys have a shop and you're, you're, you know, you've got things for sale. And I'm like, yeah, you don't, you don't have to buy that. Right. <laughs> we talk about that a lot. Like we, you know, if we are, if we can solve a problem with you through a pro you know, that you have through a product, great. We love it. We love that we can be there for you and, and help you. If not, that's totally fine. Right. Like we're not trying to encourage people to engage in this kind of sales mania as it were but um you know it it is hard it's hard for consumers to resist it's hard for businesses to resist as they want to create profit so i definitely think as long as people continue to put conscious consumerism at the forefront of their shopping journey and sort of reward brands that help them throughout that path i think we're we're taking good positive steps and I think we're going to get there eventually. That's what excites me. Um, but speaking of excitement, we typically like to close out the podcast with an insight from our guests that is, we, we ask them the same question, basically, which is like, from your point of view, you know, as the founder of EcoStylist, like, what is exciting you the most about the ethical and sustainable movement right now? Yeah, I think one of the things that's exciting me the most is something you actually just you just hit on, which is the importance of more yes and conversations. And I'm seeing that way more now than I because, you know, I was yeah, I've been in the space for a few years and and I'd seen so many of the opposite, right? Like I've seen so yes. many conversations where, you know, people are where frankly, people are attacking each other over like like somebody will suggest, you know, a sustainable brand they discovered and that they think is really cool. And then people will attack them and say, like, you should thrift instead. And, you know, like, you know, I'm not down with capitalism and all these, right. There's all these, like, it kind yeah. of like, and it just becomes this weird conversation. And it's like, what are, yeah. And I think, and that it was been really discouraging when I've seen some of those conversations, but I think I'm seeing the transformate the conversations. I think I'm seeing the conversations transform a bit and I'm seeing a lot more yes. And conversations these days where people are acknowledging, you know, um, 
just the great, like they're acknowledging the gray space a little more and acknowledging that there's many, many approaches. And so being like, you know, you need to buy something new. It's like, well, there's many good approaches. You could thrift it. You could swap it. You could buy it new. And, and instead of putting each other down, they're acknowledging like the good in each approach and, and sort of making that the narrative. And I think seeing that start to change, like, I think we still have more work to do there. Like we definitely still need to talk more about yes and conversations, but seeing that change, I think is huge. Like, I think that's so, so important because you know, if all of us that care about conscious, you know, conscious consumption, sustainable living, you know, et cetera, if we all like unite instead of like tearing each other apart over like what we think is the right choice versus what they think is the right choice, you know, if we all instead like unite and we put forth all of these good approaches, all these better approaches to, to a more sustainable lifestyle, then like, that's where all the change really happens, right? Like that's where it, it goes out of being a niche thing and becomes, becomes normal. And, and so I'm really excited about seeing that change and, and seeing, it go towards being normal, which I believe is exactly where it's going to go. Absolutely. I mean, that's why we founded Brightly. It's why we started Good Together. We wanted to bring more of those. I love that you call it a yes and conversation. Such a good term for it. But you're right. Like having more of these conversations about the gray area and look like, hey, our comments section gets lit up every once in a while. Like people do still have, I mean, there definitely are still people out there who do try to turn some of these conversations into negative ones and, you know, like to throw on a nice dose of hate and things like that. And, you know, it's something where people often forget that there are faces and real people behind brands too. Like I know my team has to every once in a while deal with some, some kind of mean comments and that can like really kind of bring us down. But what I like to say to them when I'm trying to cheer them up a little bit and to the community is like, look, this is what we stand for. We are proud to be arbiters of these yes and and conversations to borrow your term. And if you don't like it, then unfollow us, right? Like, or, you know, or just take that negativity elsewhere, right? I'm excited for that too. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. And even just, it's even just the choice of language, right? Like something yes. I've, I've noticed changing is like people used to pop into threads and be like, you know, thrifting is the best, like whenever over like anything that wasn't thrifting, right? For exactly. example. Yeah. And I think just starting to see that cha- shift in language where somebody's like, oh, you know, like I choose to thrift or whatever, right? Like, so just being a little conscious of language instead of, um, instead of always pitting your ideas as the best, like maybe just recognizing that there's many good approaches. Absolutely. And it goes along with, um, you know, inclusivity as well. Like just because you think that there's the best answer for you doesn't necessarily mean other people have access to it, whether we're talking about from a monetary perspective, geography, like education, et cetera. So I am very excited for, yes, the conversation, conversation changing a little bit to to have people judge a little bit less give each other a little bit more grace and stop doing so many assumptions um but garrick um for people who want to know more about eco stylist where can they find you yeah so they can find us at eco-stylist.com as well as on social media our handle is at your eco stylist altogether Uh, and that's you know on instagram primarily uh, as well as other channels Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. I always love talking about fast fashion. You brought some awesome insights um, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, Laura, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. 
Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social media. You'll find us on almost everything at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together, so have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.